Knights of Roleplay and Adventuring Podcast is an actual play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We offer a variety of content including our actual play adventure episodes from our current campaign, as well as a rules primer and special episodes like one-shots and advice for players and dungeon masters. Whether you are a new player or a seasoned veteran, Knights of Roleplay offers something for anyone interested in Dungeons and Dragons. Please join us for our Spacefarers campaign, which is a mix of fantasy and science fiction. We hope our unique brand of humor and storytelling will provide you with hours of nerdy entertainment. Please visit us at knightsofroleplay.com. Greetings, peasants. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. This is Tim speaking. I'm the Dungeon Master, and I want to say thanks very much for listening to this. It's been a little while since I've recorded uh, one of these. Actually, yeah, it feels like a while since I've recorded a little intro like this. So first, uh, this is, oh boy, episode 10 of the Faerun 4 campaign. I guess you already figured that out by the title. What was I going to announce? Oh, yeah. Okay. So for the next couple episodes of the God's Eye campaign, episode 18 was pretty low key. Not a whole lot happened. There was some divination that happened. Uh, But with episodes 19 and 20, um, 19 is is more preparatory in terms of like getting, getting ready to strike out on the next leg of the adventure. So, and and it's not super plot-heavy. It's more logistical. But it's still fun. But because not a lot happens, I'm going to put uh, 19 and 20 out in the same week. So, let's see. So, the week of, I guess, February 1st, we'll have two episodes of Knights and Nerds. How about that? That sounds pretty wild. Okay. And then 20 to 25 are basically just... Once things kick off in episode 20, they don't really let up until episode 25. And uh, episode 25 is the most recent one that we recorded. And even still, we're, I don't know that, that the party's fully out of danger yet. They're just going from one sort of danger into another. So that's fun. Also, in February, I'm going to be appearing on a, a Twitch show called uh, Tavern Talks on the Tabletop Misfits channel. I'll be sure to include some links uh, when the time comes. I've linked to them before, but uh, that should be fun. I don't know what we're going to talk about yet. It might be hot sauce, but also probably some D&D stuff. Uh, and then, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, Sarah, who plays Chai, and myself... Uh, we'll be on Rolling Bones with our good friend and twice nominated handsomest podcast host, Ryan Howard. So some stuff to look forward to in February. And I think that's just about it. If you're enjoying the show, the campaign, either the campaigns, any of the campaigns, uh, good. I'm glad. It makes me happy. And if you want to support us, you can do so by telling a friend about the show. 
You could leave us a rating or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or we also have a Patreon if you're at all interested. Uh, There's a link in the podcast notes for that. Okay, let's rejoin this group of quote-unquote heroes led by our fearless Dungeon Master Tom. All right, so the adventurers are back together. It's been a little while since your last, uh, since our, our last session, where you managed to defeat Bellic. Woo! <laughs> Very much woo. <laughs> Very much woo. <laughs> yeah, if you guys could fill me in a little bit um, as well with what you recall, but as far as um, I remember for where we finished, it was just after your fight. Um, you were deep down in the lower levels of the citadel and you guys kill, did you guys kill the tree? Yep. We got one apple off the tree, although uh, I think yes. we could have gotten two, but, uh, I mostly remember lighting Bellic up like a fucking dry Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's a good lesson to always remember to stay hydrated. He was much too dry. <laughs> it did not work out for him. All right, and you interacted a little bit with um, Sir Bradford and Sharwin as they regained a little bit of their faculties. And then died. They died. Yes, <sighs> their life was unfortunately tied to the tree, and without it, they couldn't survive. You know who else died was uh, Thorn's, Thorn's rapier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he laughs evilly. <laughs> Tim's just loving anything crappy happening to Thorn. <laughs> well, you did get a large sword in return, and it is quite a large sword. Um, and I can't even use it. <laughs> yeah, but I assume you gotta, like, strap it to your back or just drag it around behind you or something. Yes. Well, you guys will have some freedom here. So you are, you know, you, you've, you've accomplished quite a bit. In terms of the the environment around you, you have a big crispy dead tree and a pile of ashes that used to be Bellic. Um, you have some gear and items. I believe you went through all the looting that you wanted to do after your fight, and now you're left in a position where, yeah, you've you know you you've managed to gain the apple. You're still quite low in the citadel. Um, in terms of rules, if you guys want to do anything on your way out of the citadel we won't go through room to room like we were doing before um if you give me a general idea of anything you might want to check up on or or uh, any location you want to visit in the citadel um you can let me know but you're in a spot you've accomplished your your main goal here you're probably all completely covered in grime and cobwebs and even though you've had some rests uh, I would guess that you guys are quite exhausted at this point. Did we ever find the dragon? Do I, am I just blanking on that? No, we didn't. <laughs> to, like, restore his honor? Meepo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the honorable Meepo. <laughs> Great and honorable Meepo. Yes, and I believe Meepo returned back to his own territory with some of the freed... Um, slaves that were down here but Erky t is still with you so what are you guys feeling like right now what are you interested in checking are, are, do you want to continue to pursue this um this dragon that you said you'd help recover um 
Thorin is probably just eager to get out of the Citadel and return and get our guild credentials or whatever. Yeah. Candace is more interested in other things, but she's not <laughs> there. Well, we told Meepo we'd try to help, so I figure we should do that. Yeah, so the problem was, or or I guess the the challenge there is you've explored quite a bit, and Matt, Matt should, or uh, Cass should have quite a bit of a map done up from his time spent down here. So you have a few options. You can kind of give me an idea where you might want to explore. Uh, you could return back and kind of get an update with the kobolds. Or you could just walk out of here and and probably you should be able to take a path that leaves without even having to address the kobolds if you didn't want to. That plan sounds great to Thorn. <laughs> is there, I mean, just where we are right now in this, the Twilight Grove, like, is there, is there a, does it look like there are any other rooms that we haven't explored out of this kind of main room? No, it looks like you've covered most of this um, lower floor. The grove is, um, with a little bit of searching, is very much a dead end. Yeah, if you were to return, you would have to go back through a number of the rooms you were through, through those weird workshops, and uh, back up the old tower onto the main floor. Well, I think uh, it makes the most sense then to just head back and kind of, yeah, maybe meet up with Meepo and see what else we can do to try and help. I mean, we've already explored this whole basement area, or this, you know, lower area, and we didn't find this pet dragon thing. There are going to be goblins on our way back up. The ones who are, like, making that shitty goblin wine and, like, uh, fucking around with the rats and whatever. Um, they, th- they think that Bellic is still alive, and they're only sticking around because they're afraid of him. So I feel like maybe we can use our use this new position. Liberate like, some goblins. Yeah, we yeah. just killed Bellic, and you're free, but you're going to tell us where this dragon is as, as the price of your freedom. Oh, mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the goblins you saw were very much like workers. Uh, there wasn't much fight left in the ones that are still alive. I'm going to take Bellic's ashes as proof that he's dead. That's what I was going to ask if there was anything if there was anything left of him that we could take as proof. Perfect. I mean, it's a burnt corpse. It's not like it's totally ash. There's bones and stuff. So as you could probably take his like robes or something, those would be fairly recognizable. I have his wand of intent. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have his wand of entangle. Um, so I mean, I can just show that off. That's good enough, I think. Proof of death. Yeah. I'd say so. Alright, so you guys are going to head to that workshop on your way out. And, uh, yeah, if you try and interact with the goblins there, they are suitably terrified. I don't think it would be too hard to convince them that you've now murdered their temporary leader. So, you're asking them about the location of the dragon, eh? Okay, so yeah, you can find one that's willing to talk. Um, and upon questioning him, he'll let you know that, um, they, you know, they, the ones underground were a little bit separated from the chief upstairs, but it was the chief that, um, captured this, this dragon. And he said it was in a room off of a large hall with pillars. He had kept it fairly close to where the goblin village, quote, quote 
was upstairs. Okay, so that's where I lit that fire. The room before we went in to face uh, Chief Dern. Okay, there must have been a door we missed. Yeah. I mean, as you, as you guys are walking through uh, back towards, I mean, uh, most of the golems have all fled by now. There was those few workers that were still downstairs because they were unaware of what was happening. But all the ones on the top level, if you recall, were were fleeing after the death of the chief. Okay, so I let's head back that way then. Yeah, so it's not too hard work. Um, even going up the um, the old tower onto the main level. Uh, it's not too difficult. You take your time uh, climbing up the heavy vines that uh, grow along the walls of the tower and reach back up. Um, so with with that clue, um, you know that that hallway with the large dragon carved pillars um, was just to the east of that uh, the goblins living area. And that was a room we were already in, so right? If you return to there. Yeah, you had been there before you passed through. That was where you you first entered that goblin village from. Just looking it up. Didn't it, like, fill with mist or something? Or it felt eerie? Yeah, there's a bunch of haze and mist in there. Yeah, that's right. It's because they were vaping. So, yeah, going back there, yeah, it's a... Yeah, there's several torches mounted in crude sconces. Uh, They fill the air with a haze. And there's a double row of marble columns carved with entwined dragons. Um, so, part of the doors we didn't explore was could be assumed it was part of the hallway on the other side. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, um, Cass, why don't you just make a intelligence check with advantage? Because I know you've been tracking locations quite well. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it looks like you didn't do the best job uh, with your map, but I mean, once you're standing in the room, um, you see that there's only there's uh, three doors on the north side that you hadn't entered at all. Question, um, is Meepo with us right now? Um, when you got back upstairs, you did not see Meepo waiting for you there. Okay, well, let's check it. Let's check out this door. I'm not sure how good of an idea it is to I don't know, try and rescue this creature that doesn't recognize any of us without him. But Aren't you the uh, animal whisperer? Yeah. Yeah. See what we can do. So I'll say it's, um, as you come into the room, you guys are checking doors here. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you go through, the, the first two doors that you check are pretty simple doors. Um, they're not locked, and as you open them, you can tell they both enter into a slim hallway that kind of leads a back way into where the chief's room was. So it's, it was they kind of are just an alternate path that loops through. Um, so with your amazing powers of deduction, you can tell that the third door is probably uh, the one you have not gone through. And this particular one is a little bit more sturdy, and it does have a lock on it. I'm gonna pull out my lock-picking tools and just say, let's get this over with. Yeah, so go ahead and make a check for me. I also want to double-check like every few minutes that someone has the apple. <laughs> I, I have it. Okay. Don't eat that one. Or, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's up to you. 
21. 21, yes. You make short work of the lock. Uh, it opens quite quietly, as you did not struggle with the mechanism at all. And as the door opens, uh, this is what you see. Oh, I was going to say, if something falls on my fucking head. <laughs> no, but in the room, there's um, mounted and stuffed animal heads adorning the walls. Uh, the mounting jobs are sloppy, and the assortment of heads include cattle, rats, and other not particularly impressive specimens. There's a few grisly trophies that share the wall with the animals, and these include a couple of kobold heads. There's smashed and broken cabinets and small tables uh, littering the periphery of the room. Uh, it looks like there's been some sort of complete rampage in here and there is a rusted iron spike standing in the center of the room trailing a broken chain there's also thin patches of frost that coat sections of the walls floor and all the furniture debris scattered about the room so someone kept the animal here didn't go so well and it escaped and or broken the chain already uh oh do we see that the room is empty? Or could it be hiding behind something? Uh, are you all going to enter into the room? <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm definitely going to walk in. I don't want to, but I got to. Because that's what I would do. <laughs> so as you walk in, you see a... Uh, lizard-like head lift up behind a tossed-over table. Yeah, so what you see is a white dragon wormling. So it's a smaller dragon, a little bit bigger than a horse. Um, it has white, mostly white scales with some blue tint and patterning to them. Um, and it breathes um, fairly calmly, you know, slow breath as it kind of eyes you standing in the doorway uh, you get the sense that it's rampaged and it has a metal collar around its neck with a broken link of chain so it lo you know it looks like it was chained up here it's broken free and it's kind of uh, created its own little nest in the time it's been spent in this room so I'm just gonna have my hands up and sort of put my head behind me and go um Cass do you got this <laughs> don't want to kill the thing. Can I make some kind of check? Like, do we know if the dragons at all, like, in general or at this age, are intelligent? Like, do they understand speech? I, I don't know how, how, you're drag how you're handling your dragons. Anyone's welcome to make a nature check at this point. Nope. <laughs> Eight. I got 14. I'd say with the 14, you are fairly sure that even a young um, wormling, as this would be identified as, has reasonable intelligence. It continues to watch you very attentively, um, but it's not making any sudden action as you come in. So can I speak draconic to it? Cass is gonna slowly, as soon as the door opened to this room and Cass saw everything, he's just absolutely horrified because there's animal you know, dead animals and stuff mounted on the walls. I, I'd also just like to process a couple things in that I'm not sure he's going to want to go back to Meepo with the cage. 
because he was in a cage there as well. But here's another thought: is like, do we know if this dragon's going to grow up to be a problem for nearby towns? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone grows up, Tim. <laughs> Even nearby towns. I'm just saying this is kind of like a baby Hitler situation. Oh. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he just wants to go to art school, okay? <laughs> oh, boy. So who's doing what here? Is someone saying something? I'm assuming this is all, all happening in a very short moment here. Yes, I would like to... Before I speak to Cass, I would like to use the word like friend and co- like in come in peace like no danger for draconic and hmm. see if he reacts to that if he, he doesn't then looks at you uh leans his kind of long neck a little closer and he responds in draconic saying friend unlikely what do you want Who, what are you well, <laughs> guys, he speaks. <laughs> this is Indraconic, so... I guess I'll just explain. We're just adventurers, and I noticed that you were chained in here, and that you have chains around your neck. Is there any way we can help you? Hmm. He's intrigued. Yeah, he's a little unsure of your offer for help. It'll say that... The stupid goblins dragged it in here and tried to chain it, Um, but these chains did no more of a job holding it than the cage it was in before. And as it mentions the cage, it snarls and uh, a frosty breath kind of leaves its mouth, and um, it will say, I won't go back to the cage, but... No goblins have come to harass me in quite some time, and I am much happier here in this new nest I've made for myself. Oh, so you're good? <laughs> I am hungry. He, he mm. eyes you caution, you know. I know where there's some deformed rats. Ugh, I pull- sickly poisoned rats. <laughs> Cass pulls one off his belt and just holds it out. <laughs> one of the disease rats no these ones were just were regular just giant rats. rats that these were hmm. from before we even entered the citadel okay <laughs> carrying these the it stands time. up its body lifts up over the table now that it's onto its feet and it steps gracefully over the table uh, wings kind of stretching a little bit not like out full but more like it's giving a little stretch after it uh, taking a nap oh, like a cat and it will come up and snatch the rat from your hand and uh, swallow it down whole yes I knew these rats would come in handy <laughs> <laughs> I take the second one off my belt and, and toss it to him as well <laughs> okay he'll just take that one and kind of drag it a little closer to it he will say curious oh, he's uh, a good boy <laughs> This is not dog. <laughs> Weird. This is not a dog situation. We are not taking a pet white dragon with us through this entire thing. Though that would be awesome. So Does we'll say, <laughs> this is a measly offering, but I will accept it. Now leave me to my nest um, before I seek a larger meal. Okay. 
I'm a back out of the room. Maybe we could just we could also mention uh, now that we've cleared out the Twilight Grove. If he's looking to expand, make a bigger nest, there's a whole space down there that he could take over. And apparently there's a a bugbear roaming around down there somewhere. That would make it probably a pretty good meal. Whoa, whoa. Hmm. You know that bugbear. So if, if you're talking, he'll, he'll, he'll turn back to Thorn and say, what does the forest creature say? <laughs> I'll explain what he's saying. Hmm. That he's making an offer. And that there is more territory. The goblins are gone? They're fleeing. Their leader is gone. Hmm. Excellent. He, he seems very happy with this. He goes, I, I will accept this. Uh, if you leave me be to no harm, then I will take over this area, and that will be suitable. Cool. Alright, I turn around and walk again, unless anyone's going to stop me, because I want to go get this apple back to the guy. Yeah, so I'll say, um, yeah, he picks up that second rat uh, in his mouth, and he'll pass by you guys carefully, out the room, and, uh, yeah, he takes off. So we should probably warn the villagers at some point that there's a dragon. <laughs> before before he totally goes, I would, I would want to ask Thorn, like, did he say anything about if he's just gonna stay in here because I just I just kind of am like is this gonna be like in a few years when he's bigger is he gonna be happy feeding on rats uh, <laughs> can uh, I'll say I, I shout, sort of I, under my breath that I shout Calcrix I shout the dragon's name as he walks away oh he stops and he turns back with a snarl at you and he'll uh, say under conic what does this one using my name for good question hold on a second and I'm just gonna whisper like do you want to antagonize this dragon and fight him right now is that your hope I'm not trying to antagonize the dragon I would if you could so kindly ask if he intends to remain in in this keep Uh, do you intend to remain in this keep he wants to know hmm you say yes I came here because I can can feel this ancient building where uh, I would have once been worshipped and treated as as almost a god. And so I think this is a prime place for one such as I to make their nest. Sounds good. Yeah, he's going to stay down here. All right, I'll allow it. He thinks he's a god. It's all good. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's so much um, God complex you know, structure everywhere. and everything to this building that worships dragons that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he thinks that this is a prime spot for him. So, so you could probably tell the kobolds where where to find him and they can worship him from, like, while not having him in captivity. And maybe we can still get that key to whatever that key opens. <laughs> yeah. Does this be this new relationship where they huck meat down that that uh, tower <laughs> tunnel into the basement yeah. to appease him. It's just like in Silence of they the Lambs. Meat down the veiny shaft. <laughs> just like that. So I'm gonna say, uh, yeah, he squeezes by. Some somehow he gets the bulk of his body through the doorway, and uh, you know leads through the hall back where you guys had just come from. He didn't want uh, us to take that chain off. <laughs> he didn't really wait around. 
I'm sure he'll figure it out. He'll outgrow it. Yeah, so now you're left in a room completely scattered and busted with his little homemade nest right in the center of the room. I want to just see if there's anything cool around in the room that's not busted. Uh, There is some cool stuff in the room. So right in the center behind the flipped over table, you see um, the kind of circular nest he had made up for himself. And in there, you're able to clearly see uh, a dragon-shaped jade figurine that you would guess has a value of about 20 gold. Uh, There's a crystal goblet, probably about 5 gold. And 24 pieces of fine silverware that you would guess would cost about a gold each. So is this dragon a petty burglar? (laughs) (laughs) Well, dragons like shiny things. It's a magpie in a dragon's body. Yeah. Magpies are just dragons in a bird body. Got it the wrong way. <laughs> so I'll I'll pick up all that stuff and I'll look at it and I will give the jade dragon to Cass because it's green and he's green and likes green stuff. I'm not green. You're green. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give the what's the one that's five gold? Crystal goblet. The crystal goblet to um, Dinkface over here, who's a wizard. Mm-hmm. Dinkface, the Hugo wizard. Dinkface. Yes, Hugo Dinkface. That was his like uh, like mother's a- maiden name. <laughs> like a crystal goblet, and uh, I'll give all the forks and knives and stuff to Hella. <laughs> that just seems right. Oh, a loose thank set you. of silverware. <laughs> I'm more so just be like, don't say I never gave you anything. <laughs> just yeah, walking just out of the mere, room. The mere fact you're giving me anything is shocking. This Ooh, is okay. weird. I'm going to pour out the silver flask I into know. my crystal goblet and then drink it. And how, how disgusting is it? <laughs> I hope you get lead poisoning. The silver Damn. flask? Oh, is this the elf elf wine or whatever? No, this is the goblin juice. Oh. oh. The goblin, oh, the gross yeah. guy. It's roll for constitution. Yeah, wasn't it elf wine? Isn't that what we, like, they, they made wine out of the elves or something? Is that what we figured out? There was a storeroom where you grabbed some thick liquid from, and there was also a potion that you found in the workshop in the basement where they were doing experiments with rats. No, the silver flask was, up to, we took it off a dead goblin that we killed. I think it's whatever they were brewing, whatever nasty yeah, I'm just trying to remember what stank juice they were brewing. Yeah. Oh, just a kind of toilet wine. Yeah. Yeah. And you're trying it's to. It's a little hide. boozy. <laughs> I, I want to test out my new crystal goblet. Okay. Victory yeah. Sip. <laughs> I just felt like this crystal goblet was really him. <laughs> and it was worth the least. <laughs> As he pours himself a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> As you talk over your, your newfound treasures here. Um, there's one more thing that stands out in the room. Um, so there is a sealed scroll case. (laughs) (laughs) It's the mama dragon. (laughs) We didn't notice it before. (laughs) Yeah, it's none of those things. What it is, is a sealed scroll case carved of bone, carrying an inscription. Uh, the runes inscribed on it are in dwarvish. 
And uh, does anyone speak dwarvish? The yeah. dwarf probably. I do. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> so Hella can read um, the word Kundrakar on the outside of this bone case. Well, easy with the potty mouth. <laughs> what does that mean? It's a it's a name actually. Mm. Is it Kundrakar Noir? <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> it's a cologne. Sounds like a like a fine dwarven ale or something. <laughs> Dracar Noir is that? That's like the cologne that grade seven kids wear to. to the oh yes. <laughs> no, it's a little dwarvish um, uh, scroll case, and um, if you pop it open, inside there's an old parchment. Uh, age and water damage have destroyed most of it. But there is a short message that still remains. And it reads, The remaining few, by order of Durgadin, the Black, we have created a secret dwarven redoubt. None shall find us. However, and the uh, information from then on makes little sense, uh, even to an actual dwarf. It's a, it's a strange bit of information. Um, but you would also know that the fine crafting of this case um, and parchment would probably fetch uh, about 100 gold if so- sold to the Dwarven community. What was the name? Somebody the Black? Wow. Durgadin the Black. D-U-R-G-E-D-D-I-N. Ah, that's the noir part of the Durgadin the Black. Noir wasn't actually in it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so that that is the uh, the contents of this little room here. We're all in our our new class now, right? Too, because we all leveled up. We actually picked a college while we were down in this dungeon. Well, you did, because you're. I had a domain at level one. Wait, no, did, did you pick a college? Ooh la la. Mm-hmm. That's totally in character, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Did you inherit it from your parents? <laughs> it's old, old family domain. Yeah. It's not new domain. All right. Well, you've created some sort of solution to this dragon, uh, well, wormling element, but uh, yeah. I guess, yeah, let, we should head back to the, uh, what are they called? Kobolds? Kobolds? Uh, and tell them what's up. Yep. So you travel back through the storeroom, uh, through the twisting hallways where the goblins had their makeshift defenses, um, back out in to the uh, split up of the hallway where uh, the one side was where you fought that, fought that big mother disease rat. Um, <laughs> you pass back by the room with the very first um, dragon carved fountain that you interacted with, as well as the spooky undead dragon door that you weren't able to get into. From there, it's a short hallway before entering back into the Cobalt's territory, the large room, and uh, Calcrux is sitting on his throne where he was before. Wait, Calcrux? Or sorry, Eukstradril. Yuk- I was like, how did he beat us back here? Eustradril. Yuk- <laughs> they had the wrong name. He just took over the whole place in a matter of time. Cobalts are all dead. 
<laughs> serves you for putting me in a cage. So yeah, you're able to go and um, speak to Eustrail if you wish. Um, as you approach, Meepo's also there. He's very happy to see you. He says hello um, and asks how, how things went for you. Found your dragon. Oh, you found him. You found him. Um, where is he? He's gonna keep living down there. He didn't like being in the cage. And, uh, he's very happy and has a nest. Me- Meepo goes to continue talking and Eustrail shushes him. He says, you say the dragon's gone down there? What is down there? I'll, I'll cast a sort of gesture to Hugo and say, um, show them. Um... <laughs> uh... He draws a picture of a tree. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you recall, the uh, the kobolds only know this area. They hadn't really explored the goblins' territory, so that they're really not aware of what's been going on. Okay, so I give him the rundown. I was like, listen, there's some seriously evil shit happening right under your noses. Um, and uh, And we've solved it for you. The goblins are still going to cohabitate with you. You're going to have to learn to get along. Um, Calcrix was not at all psyched to be in a cage. So he's gone down, and I'll describe like the sort of like the well um, where Laura Dern was hanging out. And like He went down there. There's a big grove down there where he has plenty of room to run around and stretch his wings. Um, he's probably going to kill at least one bugbear. Um, so He's there. He's 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 happier uh, than like if we were to bring him back to you, it would have been a fight, and we would have been forced probably to to either die in the attempt or to kill your dragon. And so this is the best possible outcome for you. And so we would like to claim our agreed upon reward at this time, and then we will exit your castle. Hmm. I love. Well, that I so do much. agree. We wouldn't want the death of our dragon. We worship them quite highly. You say I must cohabitate with these <laughs> goblins. How, why would they let the dragon go free? They no longer have a, a fighting capacity. Any goblins who had the stomach to take up arms have been killed by, and then I'll point to the four of us, and also to Erky. Ah. Excellent, then. So, hmm. So you're saying we would be able to retake their part of the citadel? Listen, you're focusing on the wrong part here, Eustrel. You're focusing on the wrong part, okay? <laughs> live and let live. We will take take the key, unless if you don't object, and uh, and open whatever it is for, and then we'll be on our way. But I would urge you not to show cruelty to helpless, innocent creatures, whatever they may be. Cast nods. Hmm. Thorn rolls her eyes. This is acceptable. I shall grant you the key as your reward. We are very pleased that we will be able to move on without resistance from the goblins. And we believe we can make the situation work with where the Wormling is being held for now. Very well. And he will stand up 
pull the large silver key from the carved dragon's mouth that's attached to his little throne and hand it over to you. I'm first going to see if it's chocolate. Is it chocolate? Thank you for your help. (laughs) Uh, You bite it, and it is not chocolate. Okay. (laughs) So do we want to see if this works on that um, spooky door? The spooky door we couldn't unlock. Uh, That was the one that we thought. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So, yeah, you go back to the little room where the fountain was, and on the um, west wall, there is the door. Um, It is a... It's got a carving of a skeletal dragon, and there is a draconic inscription on the door that, as you read before, reads, Rebuke the dead, open the way. Um, As you get close to the door, within five feet, you notice that the air is noticeably cooler. And one thing you do notice is there is no visible keyhole on this door. Well, fuck. (sighs) Okay. Try rubbing the key on the door. Smash (laughs) it up and just mush it in. Did we ever ask you, Strail, what the key was for? We did. He didn't know. Yeah, at the very beginning. If if they knew, they would have used it, I believe, was more of the response. Um, actually, so correcting, as I remember, you guys did um, try this, try to block pick this open before, and you had some success. Uh, you did almost, you did get a little bit hit by the scythe trap that you all uh, know is there. Was that on this door? Yeah. Well, how can we lock pick it if there's no keyhole? That wasn't. Um, maybe on like the seam you were trying to uh, break into it. Hmm. Um, yeah, the. It's it is still locked and it just has that phrase written on it. Okay, so rebuke the dead, open the way. And the the fountain opposite says let there be fire. Do we think that these two things are connected? We throw and breathe the fire on the door and it did nothing. The designs are different. Yeah, they are they are of different designs. But there was also, like, a death fountain, wasn't there? <laughs> that we didn't... That was the... by the mother rat. Thorn, do you want to try seeing if you can... Try picking a... I guess if there's no visible lock, that wouldn't make any sense. Can yeah, we, like, I, I think in- investigate the door and see if there's anything... Like, see if it seems like there's just a... Like a non-magical you know, mechanical lock or something? Uh, yeah. Make me an investigation check. Ooh, that is a... 20. Not not natural. Combine that with an arcane check. Arcana check. <laughs> that is a 4. <laughs> Ooh, I, I rolled arcana and I got a natural 20. Okay. So I'll say your investigation shows that there's no obvious mechanism. And as um, Hugo steps up, thinking more in the arcane nature, um, you are very certain that this door can only be opened um, with with some sort of magical means. It's arcanely sealed. Hmm. Rebuke? Rebuke the dead. Um... 
And I had, last time we were around here, I had detect magic going. Could you remind me of, like, what school of magic I I detected? Um, yeah, absolutely. When you did detect magic, you got a sense of... Uh, I'm forgetting the schools of magic. UC Santa Cruz. <laughs> it's a very familiar school of magic to you, uh, Hugo. It's it's very familiar school of magic. Uh, okay. To you. Um. Okay. Can I put my maybe I'm... one you are very closely familiar. With. All right. Uh, I will put my hand on the door and can I cast a cantrip, spare the dying. It's a. Uh, it stabilizes someone who's dying so that they no longer make death saves. I'm wondering if, if like some sort of something next like adjacent to healing magic will do the trick you can tell there's a there's a bit of a reaction from the door from that spell um but it's not quite right (laughs) unfortunately okay i will cast this is gonna be so dumb i'll cast cure wounds on the door (laughs) (laughs) um yeah the spell doesn't complete it, it's not a, a valid target for that, and so you don't have to use a spell slot. But you can tell it it was ineffective. Can I ask Erky if he knows how to turn undead? Because like I don't get that with my domain, but he might with his. Oh, Erky goes. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> and just for good measure, I'm gonna pull up Erky. Yep. So, uh, under your advice, uh, Erky will go up and he'll channel divinity. Um, he presents his holy symbol and says a short prayer and casts Turn Undead. As he does that, the door glows ghostly blue and swings open silently. Yeah! You have rebuked the dead. Nicely done. Thanks, Erky. All right. You're very welcome. <laughs> Is he still with us? Yeah, Erky's been following us. along with you. He wants to get the hell out of this citadel now that <laughs> things are completed. Yeah, I'm with you, Erks. Just a little bit of unfinished business, Erky. So, as this door silently swings open, you see five dusty sarcophagi. Five dusty sarcophagi. There are three to the north and two to the south. And they stand on their ends in this silent chamber. Each of the carved stone coffins resembles a noble, elf-like humanoid in ceremonial robes. An altar with images of dragons carved into its black obsidian is set in the center of the west wall. And there is a single burning candle um, glowing brightly on the altar. And next to that candle um, is are a small whistle and a crystal flask. This is a weird sex party. <laughs> <laughs> we got five, uh, five stiffs here, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Um... Nothing with a keyhole, though, eh? No, not here. This place is extremely creepy. Cass does not like it. 
uh, what's the cup and the whistle for? Good question. Yeah. I'm just going to do a sort of quick glance to see if there's any traps that might get me if I step into this room. Um, yeah, you're welcome to take a look around. Uh, you can roll a perception check. Uh, 12. Yeah, you don't notice any signs of traps. The room is quite still. And just this single candle burns uh, continuously on the altar. Can I mage hand the crystal flask? Sure. I do that. So you cast mage hand. A little spectral hand comes out. Um, It floats over. I'm guessing you're all kind of standing in the doorway. Yeah, so you lift the flask. And I guess you start to bring it over to yourself. Sure do. Uh, So you do that. It starts floating across the room. And as it comes closer to you, um, you all hear a a number of cracking noises and uh, the sound of kind of stone grinding on stone as the coffins pop open and five skeletons... Emerge in the room. Oh boy. Roll initiatives. Oh god. It's horrifying. I don't even have a fucking rapier. Skeletons. 21. 10. 17. 20. Not natural. So it's the sword that you have, you're not even proficient in, right? No. Okay, there's five skeletons. They all look... Well, they don't really have facial expressions, but you're sure they're not happy. And um, Hugo with a 21 is going to be the first to take action. I'll say also that you managed to actually grab that flask in your hand, so you have possession of that flask now. Whoa, must be must be worth something if all five of these boneheads want it. Okay, um, I'm going to use my bonus action to cast Spiritual Weapon. So, a floating spectral weapon, uh, which lasts for a minute, uh, appears, and I can use a part of that bonus action is to make a attack against a target. So, whichever skeleton looks the meanest um, is the one I'll go after. They all look equally mean, uh, but yeah. Uh, you you casted your your magical weapon there or whatever. What does it look like? I think it's gonna be a hammer. Like I feel like a hammer would do a good job against skeletons. Um, yeah. So it's gonna be like a good old fashioned war hammer. Uh, with my holy symbol, you know, on the side of it, and uh, with like, and it's got it's monogrammed too with my initials. Um, so yeah, I rolled an 18 to hit. <laughs> okay, that will hit. So it's going to be seven points of force damage. Seven force damage is what it does, eh? Yep. All right. Is the skeleton still standing? It's hurt. It is still standing. Okay, I will use my action then because that was uh, that was just my bonus action. So I'll use my action to cast. I'll use my action to cast bless, and I'm gonna bless, Cass, Hella, and 
Thorn because she gave me a nice gift. <laughs> Yay! I thought you were going to go for Erky just to like <laughs> stick the dagger in further. So what does Bless do? You get to add a d4 to That's attack roll rolls an extra and extra d4 saving throws. Yep. All right. So next up will be Thorn. Okay. So I don't have a rapier. I prefer to stab things. If I want to use the thing that I'm not... You just can't add your proficiency bonus. Okay. But she'd also be making the attack roll with her strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Bummer. So... Yeah, I think I'm going to do it anyways for fun. Okay. Uh, my strength is negative one, so... This could be like a character, like an anime weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, can you give me the details on that again? Because I'm going to sell it or give it away to someone. I didn't write it in here, but... Uh, yes, it's a martial weapon longsword. Um, it does 1d8 slashing, and, or if you use it two-handed, 1d10. I'm guessing with my strength I have to use it two-handed? It does have a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls, because it's a magical weapon. And I'm using two hands, so I can do a d10? If you hit. Yeah. If I hit, yeah, okay. So yeah, I'm going to take this giant... <laughs> Huge sword that I am not good with, and like drag it, and take it with both hands, swing it back like you can just imagine it's just too heavy, and f- swing it at the uh, skeleton who's closest to me. All right, so twelve. Ooh, so you swing, and uh, you really think it's gonna connect, but this particular skeleton just manages um, to block. Y- your attack with its sword. All right. Good try. Um, roll me a d20. <coughs> Just tell me the wait, result. Wait, 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 wait. You didn't... Oh, I... It doesn't matter. You didn't... What do you mean? The, you, d- the you plus... You didn't roll your d4. Oh, is that from Bless? Yeah. Yeah, she didn't roll her d4 for Bless. Yeah, go ahead and do it. I mean, you, you're blessed. I'm not going to take that away from you. You can't take that away from me. No, you can't take that away from me. Is that a song? Yeah. A real song? Yes. <laughs> you started singing it like it's something. Roll the D4. Done. I've never heard that before. Why are you so patient? I did. <laughs> Three. So 15. So All right, that hits then. Yay! He tries to block it with his sword, and, the, and your sword is just so freaking big. That he can't hold the weight of it, and uh, yeah, you smack him. How much damage do you do? Alright, 1d10. Woohoo! 10! Oh, shit! Alright. Yeah, you do some severe damage to this guy. Alright, if that is all, next up will be Cass. So, the skeleton right in front of you guys is heavily damaged and engaged with Thorn, and I'll say it was one of them slightly back uh, that was damaged by Hugo's spiritual weapon. Okay, now all these skeletons are sort of grouped pretty fairly closely together, yeah? Yeah, there was three on one side and two on the other, uh, but they all kind of took a step out, so they're all pretty central in this room. Uh, it's a smaller room, too. It's probably only 10 feet, 10, 15 feet across, so... Okay, so I'm going to cast Fairy Fire, and I want to cast it so that it, it's got it's a 20 foot cube and I would like it to basically encompass all of the skeletons yeah, that's and if no possible trouble. avoiding all of the friendlies yeah I don't know if that triggers on friendlies anyways but that's no problem whatsoever it doesn't, it doesn't specify it just says affect any it says any creature so I'm gonna say yeah 
Uh, okay, so I cast Fairy Fire, so all five skeletons have to make dex saving throws against uh, 15, I think. No, 13. 13. Okay, it's one pass, one fail, fail, another fail, and another fail. Oh, So the yeah. only one that passed was the one that um, Hugo had attacked. Okay, so all four that failed, anyone who attacks them now has advantage. Okay, very nice. And, uh, oh. And they can't benefit from being invisible. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and all of them are lit up. They're... Uh, let's go with hmm, blue, green, or violet. We'll go violet. Everyone's lit up violet. And now the room's four, extra spooky. Yeah. All right, that's also, your turn. Uh, yeah, I'm also just going to pull out my shield and just be holding that as well. <laughs> good call, good call. All right, next up, one of the skeletons will take a few steps forward... And he will swing at Hugo. Bring it, bitch. He's got a short sword. He's coming to attack you. And he just rolled a crit. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, yep. So I guess that's going to (sighs) be... And I rolled max damage. Oh, (laughs) yikes. Uh, that's 16 damage. Oh my god. <laughs> Ouch. Cool. Brutal. Cool. 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 Yeah, so he, he stabs you with his short sword. Stabs you real good. So stab him real good. Yeah, that hurt. That hurt a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, two more skeletons will step forward. Oh, sorry. I gotta make a uh, check. One will attack. I think Thorn? to to keep concentrating on bless. Oh yes. I fail. I drop bless. Uh, you guys feel a lot less blessed. Well, there's gonna be a skeleton attacking Thorn, and he's definitely missing. He rolled a whopping five. Uh, the other one will attack Hella. If, uh, does 13 hit? It does not. Okay, that's two misses. Uh, next up, Hella, you're up. Alright, I'm gonna try one of my fancy new spells. What? Supposed no, to give me a concerned look. I'm gonna try Burning Hands. So, I can target creatures in a 15 foot cone. So,. I will go for the group of three, unless I'm assuming I can't kind of get all of them in one shot. Actually, they've all stepped up, oh. so you could hit all of them. That's not a problem in this in these small quarters. Okay, sweet. Do you want the details about what happens now? You shoot a big fiery cone out at them? Yep, yep. <laughs> and... What? No, just, I mean, we haven't talked about, like, Katie, uh, Hell is an Eldritch Knight now that she's at level three, so. Yeah, we've never seen you cast magic before, so that's pretty impressive. Never done it. Yep. <laughs> just doing a double take, like, what? <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, all of a sudden, then, now that we're out of the, now that we're out of the grove, all of a sudden she starts casting spells, and we're like, what the hell? She's just been watching Hugo and Cass do it, she's like, I could probably fucking do that if I really wanted to, and here she, here she goes. <laughs> It's no big deal. It's fine. Oh. Is that like a dwarven thing? Jesus. 
So yeah, basically a creature takes 3d6 fire damage on a failed uh, dexterity save. Or half as much damage on a successful one. Okay, and what's the DC for that? Uh, You have to make a dexterity save, right? Yeah. 12? Okay, let's see how these skeletons do. It's like like a workout bike for for skeletons is the skeleton. I was just picturing a bike (laughs) for the undead. (laughs) Oh yeah, workout bike made of. I thought the exact same thing. I was like thinking, oh my gosh, skeleton. (laughs) Skeleton. Okay, three of them fail, two of them pass. Okay. So what's the damage? Do you want to roll just maybe just roll one set of damage dice and then? Okay. Need your three d six. Is that it? Uh huh. Yeah. Eleven. So it's eleven damage, and if they pass, they take half. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is interesting. So the only two that passed were the ones that were already damaged. Uh, that actually kills both of them. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and the other take eleven. They are all very burnt up. Their bones look much more uh, brittle and burnt. Some of them still have lingering flames burning away at their bodies. That that was devastating, I'll say. This small room erupts in flames. You feel the heat on your faces. Um, it's a bit blinding as the light fills the room. Um, and as it fades, you see two uh, crushed, burnt skeleton corpses on the ground and three uh, absolutely burnt up but still standing skeletons. I like this spell thing. Why haven't I been doing this sooner? God. <laughs> and better than everyone else. <laughs> Cass is just like, Cass's jaw drops and he just goes, incredible. <laughs> it's like that moment in Spaceballs where the princess uh, shoots all those guards and Barf is like, holy shit. <laughs> okay, so one of the skeletons is going to go now. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know what it is about Hugo. Yeah, I took their crystal. I, I took their crystal. I took their uh, jewel. Their whatever the hell I pocketed the. <laughs> uh, I suppose yeah. so. It's, it's the will of the dice. <laughs> I took there. Uh, that's going to be a fourteen to hit. Fourteen does not do it, skeleton. Sorry. Oh, all right. Sorry. Um, so we go back up to the top, Hugo. No, it's personal. Okay, yeah, I'm hurting. Okay, maybe I've learned a little bit of a lesson here. I'm like, time to finish this. I'm going to uh, do my spiritual weapon against, um, I guess, I get, presuming the one that I hit before is still standing, then I'll uh, do that. Sure, yeah. And I have advantage because they're still outlined by the fairy fire? They sure that are. Correct, yes. Okay, so 21 is my high roll. <laughs> yeah, that does it. Nice. And that is um, 11 points of force damage from my spectral hammer. Jeez. It just blows the thing apart. Um, and when it dies, even, uh, you, you would, you would, it seems like the, the heavy fire damage they've taken caused them to be very brittle. And you, your blow just completely shatters this skeleton apart. Wonderful. Okay, emboldened by that, I will use my action to cast Magic Missile 
and I'll put two bolts on one and one bolt on another. <laughs> All right. Wow. So this is the two bolts. Uh, it's a total of six points of force damage. Yeah, they hit and uh, blow pieces off the skeleton as it collapses. Nice. And then the the single bolt on the last remaining skeleton does four points of force damage. That still does it. He collapses to the ground. There are no more skeletons remaining. Woo! Damn. The uh, fairy fire flickers out on the last of the skeletons. And, uh, yeah, there's a bit of a smell of uh, bone meal in the room. But other than that, you're in this room. Hugo does have that flask, um, which if you take a look at it, you'll be able to, in short time, figure out that it's a potion of fire resistance. And despite all the chaos you caused in the room, the um, candlestick still burns. And a um, on the little altar across the room where you had picked up the flask, there is still a... Whistle. Whistle. A question. Is the flask itself, like, valuable? Um, no, this looks like a, um, a glass flask. It's just like a potion bottle. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Didn't you say it was crystal? No, that was the crystal glass that I got him. No, he did say it was a crystal and, um, flask or, or whatever. I guess it is. It's a it's slightly nicer than your average flask. It's, it a, a it's like bit, a Swarovski uh, flask. Made out of a crystal. It, it, yeah. might, have, it might have minimal like one, value one gold. Um, after it's been emptied of its content still, but uh, it would probably still only be, you know, maybe a few silver to a gold. Like a geode. Person. <laughs> it's like a slightly higher end potion, I suppose. You got it at the fancy store. <laughs> Cass is just going to kind of clap one hand on, on Hugo's back and just say, well done, friend. Thank you. Hello. Where the hell did that fire come from? <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so understated. Surprise. <laughs> Can I just say I really wish there was a store that was just called the fancy store? <laughs> Wait, did you ever drink Oh, there your... might be, actually. You never know. Oh, there could be. Did you drink your goblin juice stuff? I don't remember that happening. Yeah, I drank my goblin oh, juice. Yeah. How was it? I'm guessing it was fucking gross, right, Tom? <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a little nasty, uh, especially you coming from a higher-end background. You have never tasted an alcoholic beverage so vile. Mm. Uh, but it does get you a little tipsy. It. Yeah. So it's basically tequila, is what you're saying. Who, who's doing what in this uh, skeleton strewn room here? Um, Just can we go back out of here now? There's this weird candle, though. and like, The sword's too big for me! There's no way this whole room was just for one little potion. Something's gotta be... It's gotta be something else. What's the deal with that whistle? I, go, I, I storm over, grab the whistle, and blow it. Oh, God. Oh, fuck! No! Oh, God. Classic thorn, just blowing things. <laughs> okay! <laughs> I'm saying this happens, and I don't even know what's gonna happen. Oh, oh my god! Shit, shit, shit! I cast. I, I have to cure. I have to heal myself. <laughs> Thorn walks over, picks up a whistle, briefly noticing that it is made of crystal with a some sort of inscription on it. Um, doesn't spend any time to worry about that, and gives it a good old toot. It's because I was. P- 
pissed at Cass. <laughs> what? Because oh you just wanted to leave? Good lord. Appendix A. Yeah, this up. Yeah. Sounds like this whistle definitely came from the fancy store. <laughs> As this is happening, <laughs> can I whistle. can I cast a spell? Is that yeah, possible? Yeah, go, go ahead. I yeah. just want to cast uh, Cure Wounds on Hugo. Yeah. I didn't know you had that. Well, you know. Well, dust off my shoulder a little bit. <laughs> I didn't have it prepared before, but I, I changed my spell list a little bit. It's handy. I think you and I and maybe paladins are the only classes that can do that after a long rest. So, yeah, you get uh, 1d8 plus my spell casting ability, which is 5. Okay. So 3. Yeah. So 1d8 plus 3, you will get back. Do you want me to roll it or do you want to roll it? Uh, you roll it. That's a four. So seven, you get seven points back. Ooh. I feel way better. Wow. Thank you. I'm just like, wow, I feel so much better than I look over and I see Thorn like blowing the whistle. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Felt better for one second. <laughs> no. So you are standing in this dark room only lit up by the um, ever glowing candle that still is there. Um, and as you blow it, it makes a shrill noise. And those with any arcane sense um, immediately feel um, a a magical reaction from this whistle. And what happens is you get the sense that blowing this whistle has allowed you to cast the animate dead spell. Um, (laughs) Probably should have waited on that one. (laughs) Just kept it for something. (laughs) I just have to check this. This is too good. Oh, gosh. <laughs> are we going to bring completely this? wasted it. Completely wasted but it. But wait, are, are we bringing the skeletons back to life? What? <laughs> what purpose? I don't know. Unless it's like an unlimited time spell and they can just follow us as our lackeys. Yeah. So you blow it. You feel the magical uh, energy come from it. And one of the um, less <laughs> damaged skeletons... Uh, his bones start pulling back together, oh my uh, and God. with a strained effort, he rises and stands at attention. Um, so you get a sense, um, yes, that this allows you to cast the animate dead spell when you blow it. So you can choose a pile of bones or a corpse um, of a medium or small humanoid, and uh, they come back to life. Well, some kind of life. Um, they become a skeleton um, or a zombie. Uh, depending on whether it's bones or a corpse. So you've got a skeleton. And on each of your turns, you can use a bonus action to mentally command uh, the creature that was made with this spell. Hey, let's go How long Let's go back part? to the temple and bring the, the villagers back to sort of life. Uh, <laughs> you give it no commands, it'll defend itself against hostile creatures. Um, and once you give it an order, it'll continue to follow it until its task is complete. Uh, it's under your control for 24 hours, Holy shit. Uh, after Damn. which it stops obeying any command um, it's given. To maintain the control of the creature for another 24 hours, you must cast the spell on the creature again. All right, I'm keeping this whistle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to the morgue. Well, we get there. <laughs> well, you also have a pet skeleton now for yeah. the next 24 hours, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> The oh, I just lost my page. Poops. Where'd that appendix go? Pesky appendix. Who needs you anyways? I had mine removed. 
Good on you. <laughs> you looking up appendix? See abdomen. Yeah. You won't be able to cast... Um, once the whistle has animated an undead creature, you can't do so again until seven days have passed. Um, but it does say once every 24 hours, you can blow the whistle to reassert control over one or two creatures you animated with it. Okay. Hmm. So you, you can maintain control with it, but you can't create another undead until seven days have passed. So I can just keep the skeleton as my friend? Yeah. So this is a whistle carved from a transparent crystal. It resembles a tiny dragon curled up like a snail. And um, it has some dwarven runes etched on it. Um, if you ask uh, Hela to translate for you, you will come to know that this wondrous item is called Nightcaller. Ooh, and the uh, skeleton's name is uh, Bony Danza. <laughs> Bony Danza and the Nightcaller. Yes! I was like, wait, what should I name him? What should I name him? Bony Danza is a great name, Tim. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was fun. That went better than I, uh, yeah, I didn't know how that was going to go. But that's what happened. So you've got an undead buddy now. Yes! And we still have no idea what the hell this key is for. This is also true. Wasn't there a locked door before we, like, ran into the kobolds? Mmm. Okay, that's what I was, that's the door that I was talking about. I thought that's what we were going to try. Yeah, Hugo, Hugo, make an intelligence check with advantage. Uh, 16. Yeah, I'll say that's good enough. So you do remember that when you first, very first entered the Citadel, uh, there was a room. Oh, it had like a... Yeah, there was a room that had, um, yeah, it was a stone door with a rearing dragon carved on it, and, and it had a single keyhole situated in the rearing dragon's open mouth. Let's go there. Yes. Can we? Can I like roll a, a couple hit die before we get into the next dumb thing? Yeah. You want to take just like a little short rest here? Spend fifteen twenty minutes. So, Boney, where are you from? Uh, he looks at you and cocks his head, and the jaw kind of goes slack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. It doesn't have a voice box. How can it answer? Yep. It just points to the sarcophagus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I rolled a couple hit dice. I'm almost back up to full, but man, that crit, that that hurt. Yeah. I I how many uh, away from full are you? I'm three ouchies away from full. Oh, I give you three good berries. Thank you. Delicious. Is anybody else hurt? No one else is hurt, right? Not high. Just emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to that. Let's go to that special door. All right. You guys make your way over, and uh, yeah, you recalled correctly as you get to this room, very near to the entrance slash exit of the citadel. You see the door you were thinking of. All right. Can we just do like a quick investigation or, or perception check to see if there's any uh, visible traps? I'm going to say, Bony Danza, grab that key and put it in that hole. Okay, Smart. he'll waddle over and hold out a skeletal paw for the key. I plunk the key into his bony paw. Okay, <laughs> he grips it, walks over the door, places it in there, gives it a good old turn, 
And uh, the door will open. Ooh. Nice. Okay. Jeez. So, yes, this um, magical door opens up. As the door opens, a hissing noise and a puff of dust around the door indicate that the chamber beyond has been sealed for ages. Dust, long undisturbed, covers every surface in this large gallery. The air here is stale. There are three alcoves on the north wall and one on the south wall. Each alcove contains a dust-covered stone pedestal with a fist-sized crystalline globe resting on it. The globes on the northern alcoves are cracked and dark, but the globe in the southern alcove glows with a soft blue light. Uh, Faint tinkling notes issue from it. Uh, Can we make like an arcana check on this globe? Sure. Uh, no. Anyone else? <laughs> 21. Uh, yes. You feel an arcane energy coming from the orb. And, um, with a 21 to, you think the small tinkling noises that are coming from it are part of its arcane nature. Uh, can I, I would also like to investigate like I'll just go up to one of the the cracked orbs and I don't know do some kind of investigation or something to see if I can get any glean any information from it. So what am I rolling? So investigation. You're just, you're just going to the north side. Yeah. Yeah, you can investigate them. So it'll be a ten for investigation. Okay. They look like the one on the south side, uh, but they're definitely all cracked and broken. All right. Is there any sort of imagery or text that might hint towards the significance or function of these things? Mm, nothing you can see, like, written in the room or on the walls. No, it's a pretty plain stone room in here. I will say, so you've got this room, you've got the one globe on the south side. There is a door across the way um, from where you entered. So... The path can continue on. Do we want to try putting the the magical globe on any of these other pedestals that have broken globes and see if something happens? Well, you'd figure that, like, they were all kind of... I, I just assumed they'd all be identical. They, they were once all sort of the same, but I don't know. So, yeah, Cass, you're up on the north side of the room. You had checked out the, the doll cracked orbs. Yeah. Uh, is everyone else just standing in the doorway here? Uh, I'll go in and I'll say uh, sorry in advance if this uh, ends the way the last thing did, but uh, mage hand, globe. Okay, so you're going to pick up the orb with your mage hand? Yes, please. All right, it lifts up and you bring it closer to yourself. As it gets close to you, um, it starts playing an eerie kind of music. The, the tinkling notes become more of a song. And everyone can make a DC 50 wisdom saving throw. Wait, did you say oh. 50? DC 15. Fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. 15. <laughs> 15. I thought I, I thought I slurred there a little bit. 15. Oh, my God. DC 50. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> uh, 14. 
17. Oh, yeah. 24. Five. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Hugo and Thorn, you both become charmed. And this charm encourages you. Um, it makes it so you can only take the dash, dash action and move towards um, the exit of the citadel. Huh. I mean, that's where I wanted to go already. I feel like <laughs> <I> think- <laughs> just reading my true heart's desire. Yeah, so they're like, it's charming you out of the room. But the other two, you just hear this creepy music, um, but you're able to resist the effect. I just say, I have to go to the bathroom, and I run out of the room. (laughs) Now, Hugo, um, like, as it got within range of you with your mage hand, this is when you heard the music and the effect happened. So, does your mage hand continue, or... Would you just like drop concentration or did you manage to actually like hold it with you? I don't think mage hand is concentration. It's like a one, one round and it's done. So I guess if I was like suddenly urged to run, I would probably have dropped it. (gasps) Okay. Um, Yeah. You start speed walking out of the room. Um, It falls to the ground a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, it kind of hits the ground a little hard. It's it's still glowing, and it just kind of rolls on the ground gently. I mean, the key brought us here. Like, we had this key. I don't know if you just want to give up at this point in terms of, like, there must be something worthwhile. Well, how did the other two react? I mean, you're standing in this room, you hear some weird music, and two of your, your party members just start, you know, weirdly wandering out of the room. Uh, I'm going to say utter confusion. I like to think that I'm also somewhat dancing to this music as I leave. <laughs> Come on, Boney. Give me a jig. Boney M. There we go. Uh-huh. Okay, so as your as your party members are confused, um, you, you both of you who are charmed, you can make another wisdom saving throw. 18. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I really so don't want to leave. I don't want to be here Thorn anyways. continues to walk, but uh, Hugo, the, the charm fades, and you realize that the um, yeah that you've been affected by this song. This It was playing Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Very evil song. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Cass is going to go pick up one of the cracked orbs and bring it to the south uh, pedestal and place it on that pedestal which is now empty yeah you do that nothing happens nope okay Cass walks towards the door <laughs> the the like the door to continue on yeah the door to continue on uh, I mean it, it's not locked it's got a little handle looks like it's easy enough to open up yeah I open it all right uh, the air is stale in this 20-foot long corridor, which leads to another closed stone door. When one door opens, another door is still waiting to be opened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cass is going to walk back towards towards Thorn <laughs> and try and just uh, like grab her to kind of drag her <laughs> towards the, the next door. <laughs> no. no. Thorn can make another wisdom saving throw to try and shake off the charm. Oh my god. (laughs) It's 
higher than five this time. <laughs> is it six? It's nine. Oh. Is anyone else going to do anything to solve my glowing orb puzzle? <laughs> um, I'll use Mage Hand to put it back on the thing. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. the the music fades down as it gets farther away from you. It seems like the music starts to play as you get close to it. And then as the music plays, uh, it tries to charm you. Okay. So is it far enough away that... You you can pass through the room without getting within, like, five feet of it. All right. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go start walking towards that next, that second door through that other corridor. All right. And I'm going to call to Thorn and just say, when you're ready, <laughs> follow <laughs> us. Hey, there's a whole bunch of gold down here. <laughs> Thorin, you, you can keep making checks. I figure eventually uh, you would, you I would did. break the charm. I did. With it. 18. Okay. Yeah, you <laughs> now realize that you were charmed and the music wasn't all that good. Gold? Yeah, that's what did it. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, Cass, you're moving on into this next room. Yeah. All right. Uh, as you enter the room... Uh, your foot falls down, and your big body uh, squishes down a pressure plate. And you have just activated a trap, triggering an arrow that fires from above the uh, door across this hallway. Ooh. 23 to hit? Yep. You take five piercing damage as you're hit with an arrow. I kind of groan and break the arrow off. Throw it on the ground, and then it, I'll call back to anyone who's following just to say, "Be careful of the of the of the the stones. There are traps." It was a pressure plate that you stepped on. You can now tell that it's a single tile that, with weight on it, will uh, slide down and activate the trap. And I'm gonna eat five good berries. <laughs> okay. Just like reaches into his pocket for his trail mix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, now that you guys know where the pressure plate is, you should be able to avoid it quite easily. Um, and this hallway leads into another room. So this room, uh, dust fills this hall like a layer of gray snow. In the rounded northern end of the chamber stands a ten-foot-tall sculpture of a coiled dragon carved from a red-veined white marble. This key is kind of you taking you clearly to a very, very untouched part of this citadel. So a little secret area, if you will. So, yeah, we'll pick back up here.